<laughs> this is the podcast, fabulous Adam Richard, punctual Toby Sullivan, and the indefatigable with Snelling. <laughs> <laughs> Means you're tireless. Oh, sweet. As opposed to tiresome. <laughs> it's more after this. Oh, honey, I've got sheet music and gorgeous gowns and a good underwire bra. I could go on now. Talk poofy to me. It's time for Dear Talking Poofy, or because uh, Wes is stepping in for Scott Brennan, uh, we should be calling it the lettuce segment. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about this. I said you wouldn't do it. No more letters. <laughs> letters segment. Yes. <laughs> Remember that time I had sex with a letter? <laughs> we, we are worried. We have been worried for some time that Wes's word was going to devolve into Wes's letter. <laughs> Here it is. Here is his letter. And I mean like a letter from the alphabet. <laughs> Wes's letter today is B. Thanks, everyone. Bye. <laughs> You just come in, record the alphabet, go, and never turn up again. <laughs> <laughs> As I said, fucked up Sesame Street. <laughs> just tweet it in. I have a letter. You have a letter for dear talking. And I know I knew there was a reason why I wanted to get to this one, and I remember what it is now. It's from Needy Tim. Needy Tim, I love Needy Tim. Hey, Needy. This is now like the third or fourth time that Needy why? Tim. See, you you are very rude to, to Tim. I was, and I he, take it all back. He's a lovely, lovely boy. He engages with our podcast, unlike a lot of people who go, "Oh, why am I listening to this?" and just press unsubscribe. <laughs> Tim actually enjoys it. And look, Adam. In fairness, I obviously have some kind of strange. Svengali-like influence over this young man. Now, Tim, whenever Toby is mean to you, can I just tell you, it's projection. It's his own self-loathing being spewed out into your iPhone earphones. (laughs) It's true. It's true, Tim. I hate us both. (laughs) (laughs) I hate us both. And you twisted them and turned them into a knife. (laughs) All right. So, I feel like we know each other very well now, Tim, having advised you on what breakfast cereal to buy? No, we, <laughs> yeah, no. He's he the team. Look, where's in case I know you only listen to the bits of the what podcast. What was his first one? His first in. one was. That's <laughs> true. So he's, we should explain to Wes. Uh, his first one was about going to. Uh, oh, just no, the first one was sex. about bum love. Yeah, first he'd never had sex at all. How do I do it in my bum hole? How do I? How do I have the sex? And then mm. the second one was how do I go to the peel? How do I go to the peel? Because soon right. I will be old enough too. All right. You ready for Return of the Jedi? Yeah. You ready for part is this, three? Is this where will I find my Astrid? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is this where did I leave my phone after I went to the peel? <laughs> no, t- Tim's got a really interesting question, right? Do uh, I pay the cab driver after I've Do I pay the off? cab driver? Where's? T- <laughs> Tim Sorry. is in year 12, right? Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Tim is in year 12. Oh, here it comes. All right, so mouth guards on, girls. <laughs> and safety vests. Uh, uh, blah, 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 blah. There are at least two guys in my year who, as far as I can tell anyway, are still in the closet. Uh, one of these guys who I've been friends with off and on over the years is of particular interest to me. Over the past couple oh, you of months, me off. Like we this. started, we get to that, we started talking more and more on Facebook, flirting a bit, I think. And talking about stuff which all seemed fairly first date-esque. What's your favourite food, most memorable moment from your childhood? Stuff like that. <sighs> Hope I never go on a date with you, Tim. Then I used the word cute in regards to a musical performance he did and he pulled the, sorry I'm too busy for Facebook, but I haven't talked since. Right. Uh, 
disregarding any feelings I have for him, right? So Tim's mm. not really that into him, right? I find that I'm worried about him and I want to help. What steps can I take, if any, to help him uh, through the cold blizzard of Narnia and out into the warm and sticky ding-a-ling? We'll do the jokes, thanks, Tim. Well done. Okay. <laughs> Is there anything I can do or do I need to just leave him be and hope he finds his way in his own time? Who knows? Maybe I'll run into him or back onto him. Oh, ah! right. Actually, you, you, can, you can do the jokes. You're pretty one. good at the jokes. <laughs> so what he's saying is there's a guy at his school who's pretty sure is gay but isn't out of the closet and he wants to know, he feels like he can help him come out of the closet. Yeah. So should he do something about that or is that? Terrible interference is going to cause more problems than it solves. Look, Tim, I would like to say that I think you part of your motivation is because you really just anything from him will be fine. Like a look, a a, a smile, a a respond to your many Facebook messages, <laughs> um, and uh, no, like stay away from him because if he doesn't want. To engage with you in that way, all you're going to get is hurt. Even even if he's friendly, even if things reignite and you become friends again, you'll want more. Yeah, and you will always want more, and he will be your obsession for time for years to come. No, I think he's asking a different question. I, no, I, no, no. I'm saying this is this is a specific thing for Tim. Like this is what I think Tim's problem is with the larger picture of if it was just some you know random person you knew that you thought was gay. Yeah. You've got to let them come to it, I think. Oh, but you're saying specifically Tim. Saying involved. specifically yeah, to sure. Tim, don't don't even try to do anything because this guy, like, he, I know what it's like. We all know what it's like. There's that guy at school that you think is mm. the one, and you try to talk, tell yourself that no, 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 it's just you know we're just really friendly. I'm not, I'm, I'm not really into him. Sure, I masturbate and think about him like four times a day, <laughs> but you know that's just because in lieu of anyone else. And you know he's just a really nice guy. We're just friends and everything. And you just and probably once he does come out, you won't want to masturbate over him anyway. No, <laughs> and that's the other thing. If he does come out and then has sex with other people, that's going to hurt twice as bad. Mm. That hurts. Like that's like being rejected twice. I was rejected because I, I, he wasn't gay, and now I've been rejected because. Well, he didn't want to have sex with me anyway. <laughs> no, I, I take the contrary position, actually. I you think, say, stalk away. <laughs> I say, stalk away. I, I take Tim at face value. Yes. Tim, I'm getting the sense from Timmy that if he was into him, he would tell us. God knows he's told us every other minor detail. No, I'm reading, I'm reading between the lines, and I think Tim really actually is still into him. But really that's, into him? That's, that's Tim aside. But if, on, like, if this was, you on know. On an abstract level. Yeah. Do you, do you prize someone out of the closet? I don't think you can. No. No. Really? The other thing is, you know, if you stick your finger in the cupboard crack mm. to kind of... I can't figure out whether you're doing metaphor, what's going on wiggle now. someone out of the closet. <laughs> like, if you stick your finger in the, cl- the crack, they'll pull the door shut cl- tighter because they don't want to be pulled out of the closet and your finger will come off. Well, this is what I would say. I think that is true. I think if you try and persuade someone mm. that is this something you want to tell me, then yes, they're They'll going to clamp down. Absolutely. So I think it's, it's a crash or crash through strategy mm. that if you're going to do it, then you've got to go in with guns blazing and force the issue really what, try and spectacularly. Kiss them. No. Yeah, just... what are we talking about on paper, like specifically here in terms of helping? What is it what does that mean? You know Excuse me, I just really badly. <laughs> <laughs> That's not helping. No. No, but that has happened in this podcast before and we've just glossed over it and haven't noticed until we're listening to it later. We're like, Who 
disgusting. That was me. No, but you know what I mean. Is it about like giving, you know, putting a note in his letter lunch box, whatever? You know what I mean. What is it about? What's what's helping mean? I think you confront him. I think you go, you're gay. I think you're gay. No, I agree. You're definitely gay. No. Really? Yeah, because what's that? The response is... No, I'm not. If he knew it, he'd go, oh, yeah, I am. Yeah, and I don't think Tim saying you're gay is going to make him go, oh, you got me. Yeah. <laughs> you got me. I've been pretending all this. Oh, Tim. What he's going to do is either punch Tim in the face, mm. cry, or run out of the school and never speak to him again. Like, this is... You know, you're dealing with someone who is up to their fucking nostrils in hormones. Someone who is not thinking rationally about anything. I read my diary from when I was 18. I was borderline schizophrenic. Like, (laughs) there are so many emotions at play when you're that age that, you know, a wrong look will send you fucking rocketing to either depression or anxiety or mania. It's a a high-risk strategy. Make no mistake. (laughs) <laughs> you and you're crashing on through. It's a high risk strategy, and it could go mentally wrong. I, I ju- think. I think I you're think... trying to get Tim to have another letter to write in. <laughs> <laughs> Dear talking poofy, I write to the write to you from intensive care. <laughs> My jaw has recently been reset. <laughs> what I think is that some people do need help coming out. Yes, but what is the level? I mean, is what is that... the level of help? Is it? It's being available. Yeah, I think some people need to be dragged kicking and screaming out. Toby, can I ask you, in the, uh, this is, you know, in that whole science thing where the thing that's being observed changes because it's being observed? Yes, yes, Heisenberg's uncertainty principle. In a reverse thing, Yes. are you saying this because you didn't come out until way later than you should have? Oh, Adam, um... Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> and and would but would you thinking back on it? If someone had come up to you and said you're gay, what would your reaction have been? Well, people did, and I went, oh, "No, I'm not. Shut up, stop it." So it, it and I wish they I wish they'd force the issue. No, but what force the issue? How? What? How much more can they force the issue? No, you're fucking gay. Shut the fuck up. Like, I sort what? of I wish they had. They wouldn't that, because it's it's. It's, you know, it's your business to do in your and own actually, time. And actually, do you know what else is the thing here? Because if, if I, if, I don't know, you might not have had this, Toby, but if I think back to the people who told me I was gay before I was gay, mm. I wish they hadn't because now I feel like I was an idiot and that everyone else knew and I didn't. And what does that make me that I didn't pick up on that myself? You know, yeah, I feel like It made me feel like, like a too. bit like an idiot. And it's kind of like, well, just let me figure it out. In my own time. Yeah, in my own time. Because right. he also, he might be bi, he might be, you know, he might just want to yeah, dabble because he's of the age where he's, he might have been, you know, you anyone know, can get him hard. Like it's, you know. He might have, you know, he might have been abused. Like, you know, that 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 could be true. a completely other thing. And the thought of having sex with another man, all it does is bring up a horrible experience that he had when he yeah, was younger. True like that. there true are that. millions of things that, that could be at play that I think, like, I think still with sexuality, while the world is more okay with it, it's still something that we all have to go through at some point. And I think we have to go through it at our own speed, on our own terms, because, you know, look at your situation. You come from uh, a fairly conservative family, you know, you have, like your family are Catholic, like all of that is in play. And the people who are telling you you're gay, they don't know any of that. They're just coming up to you to say you're gay. 
They don't know your relationship with your parents. They don't know mm. how your family are going to react to you coming out of the closet. They don't know what your relationship with mm. anyone is. So by coming up and trying to drag you out, like what? how many other people are they impacting? Like it's, that's why it always has to be your decision. No one can drag you out of the closet. Do you wish Scott was here now? Because I feel like he would have agreed with you. No, why? This is about Tim. <laughs> <laughs> no, he had this. I don't know because it's whether the how we're sitting in the studio. I, love, I feel like it's like Toby's chair's gotten smaller and smaller. And I, we're like, I, I love do your, feel a little no, bit intervened. With you're it. wrong. I love your implication that Scott would have agreed or disagreed with anything. He just would have said something about his own asshole, and we would have moved on to a different. Topic. <laughs> Toby, and I feel like Scott would have straight away have gone, ah, oh, just fucking tell him he's gay and get on with it. Suck him <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Use the time you have at school to get as much fun as you can. (laughs) I didn't fuck anyone at school, though. Mm. Like, it's, you know, I was out, but I, you know, there was no rooting going on. And it was, you know, it was fairly torturous. I kind of think maybe I would have been better off if I didn't come out at that age. I think don't fuck anyone at school in general. You wouldn't fuck anyone in the same office. No. Politics yeah. is terrible. Don't, don't shit do where it. you eat. Yeah. Don't shit where you eat. Don't do it. Um, yeah. So there you go, Tim. Don't there you shit, go, Tim. Don't shit where you eat. <laughs> <laughs> Salt. No, but I think, look, all you can, all you can ever say to someone is, uh, look, I am out of the closet. I'm really happy. You know, I think it was the best decision I ever made. Um... I don't know. Yes, what your, share your own experience. Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know what your situation is, but look, if you ever need someone to talk to, you know, I'm here. Tim uh, signs off by saying that I hope you look forward to my next letter, which, if I follow the pattern, will be in about three weeks' time. Ah, he's funny. <laughs> <laughs> you mocked him, and he was funny. He's funny. He's funnier than us. <laughs> which is why I will never hear from you again. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. You angry little man. I love you. Talk to me. We uh, have a very pressing issue in in the state of Victoria, where we all mostly live. Uh, they have these new tram, tram police or train police. Yeah. I don't know what they yeah. do. They stand around the train we're, stations. We're, we're building up to a state election. So, of course, everyone's ratcheting up the law and order hysteria. Yes. Nice and early. And it's, and it's they, a big thing at the moment. And they're recruiting. And for some reason, they're doing a lot of recruiting like via... Like, they're doing it at, on the gay radio station and they're trying to get, you know... Yeah. Poofs to be police. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very strange strategy. I don't really understand... I know. Because, well, you know... Why they would... Like, whether, like, Poofs are particularly unemployed or... Or maybe they just thought that they would be better at train stations. Oh, I hate your hair! Bang! <laughs> yeah. Or maybe they just go, we could lose a couple of Poofs. <laughs> Something happens. Doesn't matter. They're look, just gay. We, we, we thought we'd get to the bottom of it and yes. um, call our friend Constable Troy from the, the Gay and Lesbian Police Liaison All right, Office. He is on the line now. Hey, Consty Troy, how's it going? Hey, how are you? I <laughs> got. <laughs> Pip, I'm saluting you, I'm saluting you. I'm, t- I'm just like totally saluting you with my hands like a policeman. It's, <laughs> what? It's the army that does That's the saluting. Me. Ah, is it? Yeah. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) You've chosen to be the wrong village person. Oh, that's okay. I'm just, I'm waving my holster at you. (laughs) I'm extending my truncheon. I'm extending my truncheon. I'm very excited. So, look, Constable, um, can you shed any light on this recruitment drive for, for transit cops? 
Ah, uh, yes. Uh, they, so we're looking at the puss and, you know, to get them to do it. Mm. Uh, well, basically, uh, what they want is a whole lot of people who are used to just hanging around in really dark places. <laughs> <laughs> Well, train stations are very sp- spooky, dark places. They are very dark, and sometimes the toilets aren't even open. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess yeah. that's as good a reason as any. Um, yeah, and also, um, it's not just to keep people safe. Uh, what they're actually doing is recruiting fashion police. <laughs> oh, I see. That's a great idea. That's a much better idea. Yes. Because have you been on the trains lately? Oh, my God. People wear Crocs. <laughs> <laughs> oh. it's, it's not very salubrious, is no, it? It's not salubrious at all. So, basically, um, it's going to be like trying to get into a Chapel Street nightclub getting on the trains from now on. Because um, it's like, sorry, you're not going to Frankston in those shoes, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, fellas, we've got enough guys in this carriage to warm and we're not getting on. Um, and um, it's actually going to be a little bit like a train nightclub. So if uh, basically if you're at a hen's night, don't get public transport. Yeah. That's a lot of But But, you know, aren't hen's nights meant to be you know, harassing the cops to put their hats on? Like, that's generally what happens. Well, there is that, but uh, it's actually in legislation that that has actually been recognised as fucking annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Is is there any special training that recruits will have to undergo for their duties? Yes, um, because people are going to be on the stations in pairs. Yes. um, You have to do a lot of training, particularly because we're getting a lot of gay men doing it. Um, a lot of training of just standing in the dark next to another man and not just subtly trying to grope them. Um, <laughs> so so you will notice, training. <laughs> exactly. But you will notice that there will be a lot of hands in pockets training. Um, <laughs> right, right, I see, yeah. I see. And are there any sort of minimum qualifications that people should have before they apply? Oh. Hello, it's the Victorian Police Force. We don't have them here. <laughs> right, right. So so welcome yeah. all comers, basically. Well, pretty much, yes. Now, as long as you can find your way to a train station, you've got the job, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> no, it does pretty much say that on the ad. It's, it's, whenever I've seen ads, it's no experience required. Yeah, and they use very simple language in the ads. Have you noticed that? <laughs> not, not too many words with too many syllables in them, if you know what I mean. <laughs> well, well, I'm worried that, you know, that it's, they're basically advertising for dumb thugs. Like, what, what are you going to do with a whole police force full of dumb thugs? What are the checks and balances mm. to make sure there's no rogues? Uh, well, I don't think there are any, but... Uh, to be perfectly honest, the whole police force full of dumb thugs, it's just fucking hot. I know. <laughs> oh, imagine it. Oh. <laughs> oh, man, it's just like one big porn movie. Oh. Well, thank you so much, Constable Troy. <laughs> Fabulous, boys. Thank you. <laughs> Stay safe. Stay safe, Troy. Because I saw them from behind and I knew they were having, let me say, a good time. Talk to me. Well, Wes, you know, this yeah. is uh, something that Scott and I normally do, and I'm sorry that you have to be a part of it, but, uh, you know, we have a sponsor. 
Who? Well, we only have one sponsor. He pays for everything and he feels that that entitles him to some airtime. So it's time for The Grunt Report with Grunty McFuckring. Oh, dear. (laughs) My fellow Australians, if you are listening to this recording, I have passed to the other side. (laughs) And I don't mean Paran, Chunky. I mean I'm fucking dead (laughs) on the outside as well this time. I am dead, whether by natural causes such as a fatal dose of intravenous amyl, <laughs> foul play by an unscrupulous competitor who has spiked my trademark turpentine martini, <laughs> or even a bizarre accident involving a pair of studded spanks and some hair-straightening tongs, as befell my first husband. <laughs> Whatever the reasons or methods, I am as fucking crestfallen about this as you must be. However, this is no time for tears. I beseech of you to lift your grief-stricken carcass from the ground and find the strength to carry on. I wish for you all to embrace, chuff each other on the chin and reflect. Good old Grunt would not have wanted it this way. (laughs) And so I have recorded this message in advance to speak to you all directly to assist you, to cheer the fuck up and get back to fucking work. (laughs) But first, my will and testament. To my loving partner and head bus boy, Pedro, I leave this plaster cast of my personal douching hose to remember me by. I regret that I cannot leave you the original, but this is not possible, as I have left instructions for it to be buried with me. (laughs) To my idiot brother, Chunky McFuckering, I bequeath this jar of killer bees, which which I require him to shake vigorously before opening in a tightly confined space. Hopefully, Chunky, this will help you begin to understand the phenomenal pain I have experienced sharing genes with a hollow-headed fuck-up such as your good self. <laughs> Truly, Chunky, you could not be more of an embarrassment to the McFuckering name if you came second last on Beauty and the Geek. <laughs> All other worldly possessions I bequeath to the Grunty McFuckering Sad Animals with Big Brown Eyes Foundation. <laughs> no one fucking panic. There's no such thing in reality. It's a tax dodge. The proceeds of which will be used to preserve my cryogenically frozen body until such time as there are no more fucking cunts left in the world to shit me and I can be safely revived. As to my funeral arrangements, please contact Father Flightio Fuckering at Stone Scholasticas. He's an old second cousin from Ireland who's been briefed and has agreed to preside over a traditional church service. Don't let him bullshit you about would you like to make a donation to the parish. No, the fucking idiot knew there was no dough in the cloth when he signed up so he can suck it up the body, blood and weeping, winking asshole of Christ for all I fucking care. Please note, I have also put aside a small sum to pay for a squad of professional mourners to throw themselves at the coffin and claw at the wood as it leaves the church. Oh, one more thing. No hot food to be served at the reception. What do you think I am? Made of fucking money? It's a funeral, not the fucking swagman smorgasbord. And finally, please leave as my epitaph on my memorial statue out the front of Rongan's what the fuck are you looking at? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Grunty. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That was the Poofcast. Do you know what the other thing I hope for the Poofcast? Yes. If, if in five years' time we're not replaced by all non-original members, yes. we're still going on, is that, as Wes suggested, um, we just don't give up. We refuse to give up. <laughs> and, like We're all indigent in some nursing home in 2050, you know. Oh, yes. locked in The some... colostomy edition. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> in some palliative care ward, like still wheezing into a... <laughs> no, you know what I imagine? I imagine us who's, doing... Who's top or bottom out of my... <laughs> My, my oncology nurse and my <laughs> urology nurse. I imagine us uh, in our 70s. Yeah, you're optimistic. Gainfully employed Ooh. by a right-wing talkback station <laughs> because we've all gone over to that side. Yeah. These fucking straight people and their useless <laughs> opinions. <laughs> I'm halfway there. That is my dream. I'm already the Anne Rand of this poof cast. I'm really on the knife edge between between jonesing it up. We, we would turn into the grumpy old ones and then and Scott would be like going, come on, guys. He'd be the Jackie O. Oh, you can't say that. You're terrible. Oh, ah. What's wrong with it? I say string them up by their dicks in the town square. <laughs> <laughs> and then Wes would come in once a week and do John Michael Housen. It's over yeah. to crazy with the traffic. <laughs> <laughs> Someone slipped in their own urine in hallway three. <laughs> <laughs> we do that. That makes me want to live on. <laughs> it really does. Talking geriatric poofy. Yes. We're just broadcasting to the home that we're all in together. Yeah, yeah. Hosp- hospital radio. Hospital radio. <laughs> the only job we can get is a hospital radio <laughs> at the fucking Alfred. <laughs> Good morning, Alfred Hospital. You're with Talking Poofy in the morning. 29.2. <laughs> That's my temperature. <laughs> just a reminder, it's Beef Stroganoff Tuesday in the canteen. <laughs> Oh, I want that too. <laughs> I want all of those things. Uh, it could happen sooner than we think. Right. Or, 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 final scenario. Mm. So we're doing like breakfast in Taree or something. <gasps> oh, yeah. Like regional. When know. gay's okay in Taree. Yeah, yeah. No, good. don't don't say that because I dream of a day where I'm not doing breakfast radio. <laughs> it's been nine fucking years of 4 a.m. alarm. <gasps> Let's do breakfast television. <laughs> You know what? I reckon we could kill Koshi and Mel and Toby and I could sit in for them and no one would notice. Because <laughs> Toby knows that fucking fiscal shit and all he <laughs> yeah, needs yeah. is a, you know. And I'm pretty belligerent. Yeah. And, informed, and your so. hair's not, not long for this world. <laughs> uh, here he comes. <laughs> and I am a silverback gorilla, not unlike Mel. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen her in person? No. She's a fucking scary bitch. Is she? Yeah, she's like 18 feet tall. Yeah, right. Like, I, I figure she's going to be pretty ferocious to hold her own in that environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To still be that conservative and that fucking uptight and not <laughs> <laughs> have that job. <laughs> like, she's gigantic. Her and the other one, the pointy one that does the news, both fucking Chris? gigantic. Joe something? You know, the pointy one. Yeah, yeah, with yeah. The, with yeah, the yeah. auburn. Oh, they're both huge. Yeah, both gigantically tall. Do you know what? Sometimes I watch Sunrise and I try and, in my mind's eye, picture Mel popping into Coles on the way home from work. Like, for some reason, I have confidence that she would still do that. Oh, yeah, Mm. she totally would. But how frightened I would be if I was in that Coles when she arrived. Because she's gigantic. Oh, Mel hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Mel wants chops so special. (laughs) (laughs) Mel makes stir fry for kids. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be back next time on the podcast. (laughs) 
<laughs> what? <laughs> I feel I just felt the need to go to give it an intro. You know, like the letter segment, as you call it, dear talking. Not talking. the letter right. segment. <laughs> I know, you do I know, it. That was me. You bring it up. <laughs> do you want to do? Well, baby, she wrote me a letter. <laughs> <laughs> Talk poofy to me.